This is the Warm Springs Program. Larry Squimfin III is the GIS Oral History Manager at GeoVisions. Larry explains ongoing efforts made in the preservation of history told by elders. Larry addresses questions regarding the oral history training held earlier this month at the Warm Springs Fire Management Training Room. Well, oral history is kind of a way to kind of capture a little bit of our history to let people know that we were in these certain areas throughout our history, you know. And there's, you know, we go out and interview these elders to get this data to let them know that this is a project-specific area and we want to make sure you know that is there any history here that any of the knowledgeable elders know about the area. We want to preserve that history and make sure that it's saved for later on and make sure it's preserved through our oral history compliance work. The oral history compliance work includes what kind of topics? Well, it depends on, it could be, you know, let's say we've got some projects which are project specific along the Columbia River, so we look for knowledgeable elders of these areas and make sure that we interview them, ask them the right questions to make sure to let them know that, you know, is this area significant to the tribe and is it something that we need to preserve for the future? The oral history class that you brought, what's the basic need of the training? Well, the training is kind of a, a proper training to, you know, show, to let you know how you can go out and get these, you know, the proper technique of producing oral history interviewing, you know, getting, making sure you're asking the right questions, the proper way to go about doing the interview. Do we have an established standard for oral history here in Warm Springs um, operations? No, it's, it's in the process right now, so we are working on getting a oral history program started again and working with Bridget McConville, helping me get stuff going again. And it's, It hasn't been done for a few years, but now, past three years, we've been doing more and more and more every year, and this coming year, it's going to be a pretty busy year for us. Well, in the training, it talked about transcribing the oral interviews. What do you know, and have we done that here in our operations? Yeah, previously, you know, Bridget McConville, and um, there's a bunch of other people that produced oral histories and did transcriptions already of projects already. So there has been stuff done before, and it's just, it's stored away. There is more out there, you know, where we got a project now where we got some funds to go after older oral histories and. We're going to try to do some transcription of those now because there wasn't no transcription done because the funding and stuff ran out. Yeah, so that we're training some people to bring in to help us with this transcription work. So hopefully we can get this going, you know, working with the tribe, producing this data for them. Well, right now it's getting into secondhand knowledge, you know. A lot of our elders are disappearing. So being able to go back to these older data and produce transcripts of what was done previously, you know, is is going to be very helpful to the tribe, helping them what they need, establishing that we were known in these certain areas. Where are our current oral history housed? Well, there's a bunch all over, you know. There's pieces in you know, BNR, you know, museum. I heard about, you know, I don't, don't know first knowledge, but it's all there, and it needs to be transcribed, I understand, because, you know, it's all on outdated data, like cassettes, VHSs, and stuff like that. So now it just needs to be brought up to standard so the public knows it's there. You know, tribal members, you know, this is for the tribe, this is for the people, not, you know, we got, it's not for us, it's for the tribal members so that they're able to see, you know, some, you know, gr- grandchildren wants to see what their grandpa, who they don't know about, wants to know more about what they know. You know, we're out there, you know, Warm Springs Juven trying to help the community come through with all this, you know, with our transcription for the old data to make sure that it's there for the people. Oh, well, wait, wait, one more question. You went through this training before. Can you tell me about your experience? Yes, back in 
January of 2020, I was able to travel to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to participate in the same training we are today with the same instructor, David Caruso. You know, I wasn't oral history trained then. You know, after I came back, I was able to, you know, hit the ground running, producing some interviews. So, yeah, it helped a lot when I went to the training. Well, I was able to produce an interview. You know, I was, you know, I was before I wasn't able to, you know, I was, I was unknowledgeable, you know, it was the topic wasn't there. And being able to know the proper technique of how to go out and get that interview now is... It helped a lot when I went to Philly. David J. Caruso, Ph.D. from Philadelphia Science History Institute, is the trainer for the oral history class. David has 30 years directing and establishing standards and practices in the development of oral history preservation. So oral history is a discipline that's been practiced, methodology that's been practiced for well over a century. And I'm sure people are familiar with oral traditions and how stories have been passed down for generations and generations. Oral history is really concerned with making sure that those stories are captured and preserved for years to come, right? So we really focus on teaching individuals how best to interview individuals to capture those stories. And we also talk about preservation practices to make sure that everything is kept in a way that the information won't be lost as time goes on. So in order to develop a program focused on using oral history, the most important thing to begin with is to think about and understand what it is that you want to capture. What is it that you are trying to preserve? Having a good sense of that will be important for any work going forward because you'd never want to go into oral history work just randomly thinking, oh, I'm going to interview people because it's fun to interview people. It is fun, but without a project in mind, without a goal in mind, you may not realize what types of questions that you should be asking from of community members in order to ascertain the information that you're interested in. An important thing about oral history is while individual stories are significant and important, what really makes oral history work is when you have lots of different voices speaking about the same things, about the same topics. And so any project that you start really needs to have that in mind. Really, it's about collecting a lot of views, a lot of voices, using recorders and other devices to capture that information, and then working with those who are giving their stories to make sure that they are represented appropriately in whatever final products you produce. There are a number of individuals that think that all you need to do is pick up a recorder, hit record, and let things happen. Oral history really is a process. It's a thoughtful process, not only about doing a lot of preparation before going in an interview to understand the topic that you want to explore, but also realizing how to engage in individuals about those topics. The questions that you ask, how you ask them, is important. We don't want to influence our interviewees in responding in a certain way. So we need to make sure that the questions we ask allow the the narrator to tell the story that the narrator wants to tell, not the one that the narrator thinks we want to hear. I'm a firm believer in printed things. Right? I like paper. I like flipping through paper. I think that when we talk about oral history, the audio recordings, the video recordings, they are extremely important. Right. A library that is handling oral history work should be able to deal with both physical and digital materials. Principally at this point in time, most of the interviews that we conduct are using digital recorders. While there are some out there that still have analog materials, audio cassettes and whatnot, we've really moved to embrace the digital because the digital allows for easier preservation than the analog materials. So a library would really need to be able to handle making sure that those digital files are organized appropriately, are stored appropriately, and backed up appropriately. Because if they're ever deleted, if they're ever lost, if any of that material is damaged, 
all those stories are gone forever, right? Because oral histories are unique to an individual. Once that individual passes away, all that story is gone. One of the reasons why we practice oral history is because there's so much information that is learned on a daily basis, uh, knowledge gathered through practices that we don't think to write down, that we don't think to to share. Right? We tell people about them, but those, those memories can fade, those stories can fade, people can forget. Uh, with oral history, what we're aiming to do is make sure that the stories that are told today will be remembered in the future. Right? There's just a lot of knowledge there that should be passed on, that can't really be passed on in just purely like technical manuals. If you're thinking about, you know, how you operate things or how you manage land or anything along those lines, there's so much what I would call tacit knowledge, experiential knowledge that needs to be passed on. And oral history is a a spectacular way uh, for that to happen. So I think what's critical in oral history is always keeping in mind that there's only so much that we can convey in the written word, right? Uh, You're hearing my voice now. I'm using, I'm fluctuating my voice to indicate certain things. Maybe uh, I go up in tone near the end of a sentence to indicate a question, right? You can capture that question mark on a piece of paper, but you really can't capture how I am speaking about things. The emphasis I'm putting on certain words, like I did just now, is lost when we transcribe things. So it's important to keep in mind that while transcripts can guide you in the direction of understanding what someone is trying to convey, the more important thing to do is to read those transcripts alongside listening to how people are saying, because there's so much information that in that spoken word that winds up being extremely critical. Reading those transcripts, processing those transcripts, looking at ideas collectively across those transcripts are extremely important, but also returning back to that original recording is going to be so much more informative. My focus in my historical work was on the medical experiences between the Spanish-American War and the First World War, so the American medical experiences. During that work, I really didn't have to talk to anyone, but what I realized was that there were so many questions I had based on looking at the records that were available that I really wished I had the opportunity to interview individuals about their lives, their careers. For those that are interested in pursuing oral history, it's a discipline which is relatively open and accessible to many with the appropriate amount of training. Like I said, picking up a recorder is not sufficient, hitting, uh, and hitting a recorder is not sufficient. Learning about methodologies are extremely critical in order to be able to handle uh, the topic appropriately, ensure good questions, good answers, and a collaborative relationship with uh, the interviewee. I think there's so much information contained in oral histories that communities really need to embrace them and embrace the capturing of them, right? There are so many stories that need to be told, that need to be understood, and can be quite informative about the new nuances of daily life, right? A lot of people have had many experiences and understanding those experiences really can inform future planning for things at multiple levels. Just think about, for example, people who have a deep knowledge of the land that they've lived on for years and years. If let's say there's hope to expand that land or to harness that land for new product, uh, for new um, crops uh, or new ventures, who better to, to really help advise on the development of that location than those who are living there, who understand the land, who understand what the soil is like, what you're going to get uh, from those crops, how much uh, water you're really going to need to sustain things, right? The oral histories are so informative about the daily life experiences that are critical for development and growth going forward. Local attendees wanted to know about David. 
So right now I live in Philadelphia, just outside the city with my family. I moved there from Ithaca, New York uh, after some time in graduate school, but I'm originally from New York City. My work tends to take me lots of different places. I've traveled quite a bit, though this is the first time I've been in this state, specifically, sadly. And with the weather that we've had recently, I actually haven't been able to uh, enjoy the beauty of the of nature around us. But today the, the sun did come out. I could see the mountains, which was spectacular. Being able to travel, being able to speak to lots of different communities about oral history work is, is something that I find uh, extremely important because clearly I'm very interested in oral history. I, I recognize its importance and having the ability to, to move around and talk to people in groups about ways to capture oral history, to think about oral history, to practice oral history, I think is quite critical. In addition to traveling around, I also realize that not everyone, or I can't be everywhere, and also it might be difficult for individuals to come and see me in Philadelphia to learn about oral history. Uh, so one thing that I'm happy that we are offering, and this started during the pandemic, is online training. So uh, even if you can't make it to where I am or if I can't make it to where you are, we can still share some ideas about oral history and how to practice it, how to conduct it uh, for individuals who can't make it to us, as I said, or I can't make it to them. Science History Institute's website, uh, if you do a search for oral history training, we have a listing of our upcoming training institutes. I try to offer three per year, one in January, one in May, and one in August. They last for roughly four days with about three hours each day, and they're open to everyone. I know that I'm in an organization named the Science History Institute, but the training itself does not focus on how to interview scientists and engineers, but just how to interview, how to speak to narrators. So it's very broad-based and not exclusive to those interested in the history of science or the history of technology. The Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs has the need to preserve knowledge and experience, elders share, and find the best accessibility methods for generations to come. I am Marge Kalama for the Warm Springs Program on 91.9 FM, KWSO.